Okay. I thought we'd read the koan first and then finish what we were reading before. Okay. Okay. And is it clear to you guys that you girls, you women, that um, you men, what the two thicknesses are when you read the statement? Because it seems a little confusing to me. Not what one is, but what the others are, because it goes into one and then two kinds. For me, everything is confusing. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought I, maybe I, I, agree, I to see. I to, Let's I read the statement. To be, to be present to confusion. Yeah. Well, that's very healthy. Can you put it? Can you put it to the screen, por favor? Of course, yes. <laughs> Who'd like to read? I can read. Okay. Cody, if Cody wants to read. You don't have to read the Dharma body, the bottom part. Just the top okay. part. Cody, were you here last time? Uh, were you here? I think I was. Oh, why don't you read the the whole thing then? Okay. Um. And, then, and then we can have Ksenia read it too. Okay. Thank you. Case. Case. Great master. Young men said, when the light does not penetrate freely, there are two One is when all places are clear and there is something before you. Having penetrated the emptiness of all things subtly, it seems like there is something. This too is the light not penetrating freely. Also, the armor body has two kinds of sickness. One is when you manage to reach the Dharma body, but because you're clinging to Dharma is not forgotten, your sense of self still remains. And you fall into the realm of the Dharma body, even if you can pass through. If you let go, that won't do. Examining carefully to think what breath is there, this too is sickness. The Dharma body means the essence of Buddhahood, the ultimate truth or law, and the true nature of Buddha's life. It also means a Buddha per se, whose body is the law itself. And of this kind is referred to as the Buddha of the Dharma body or the Buddha in his body of the law. Thank you. Gesenia, you want to read it? How about just the koan this time? Okay, I will switch off my camera because I think I, I'm missing half of the... Okay. Said. Okay. Um, case. Great Master Yunmen said, when the light does not penetrate freely, there are two kinds of sickness. One is when all places are not clear and where is something before you? Having penetrated the emptiness of all things, subtly, 
subtly, it seems like there is something. This too is the light not penetrating freely. Also that Harma body has two kinds of sickness. One is when you manage to reach that Harma body, but because you clinging to Dharma is not, ah, because to cling, you clinging to Dharma is not forgotten. Your sense of self still remains and you fall into the realm of that Dharma body. Even if you can pass through, if you let go, that won't do. Examining carefully to think what breath is there. This too is sickness. Okay, thank you. And now we'll um, go to the text. Which isn't there, which is here. Oh, I know what I need to do. Okay, and you want a bigger? And let's read in alphabetical order. So uh, Cody, you're first. This explanation very concise by Indian standards, is by Chan teachers once more <clears throat> distilled and expressed in many concrete and original ways. To take just one formulation that stems from Master Yunman, a monk asked, what is the problem? Master Yunman replied, you don't notice the stench of your own shit? The directness of the question and the unerring aim and uncouth terseness of the reply are characteristic of Chan as a whole. The Japanese Zen master Benkei, 1622 through 1693, said the same in a more civilized manner. Your self partiality is at root, at, at the root of all your illusions. There aren't any illusions when you don't have this preference for yourself. Yanman and numerous other masters observed that what one does not see at all is one one's own eye. This statement points in the same direction. The eye that always stand at the center of the world and ultimately sees and judges everything and everybody from this perspective. Just this I that desires and rejects thirst for love, power and fulfillment, and experiences frustration and pain, wants to live and yet must die, seeks to preserve itself and puts everything in motion to this end, is itself yet has to search for itself. This I is here. Is we have already seen that. When Yunmin went to face Master Mu Zhao, he expressed just this. Mu Zhao asked, what are you here for? Yunmin said, I am not yet clear about myself. Section 278. Well, 
Yeah. So does that clarify the koan a little for any of you? That really it's about um, getting rid of this I, getting rid of the self, being able to see things from other perspectives. Does that, do you, do you guys see that? Yes. The, the Getting rid of, I think you would smell your stench if it wasn't yours. If you were able to see it as someone else's. So um, after Cody is Kim, whether one likes it or not, it is inevitable that just one's eye, the one around whose wheel and woe the whole world turns is the central affair of <laughs> each person. That one has no clarity about one's eye, that, that one has no clarity about one's eye is more than simple ignorance, which would not be a problem. The proverb says, what the eye does not see, the heart cannot grieve over. Rather than, rather this ignorance is born from reflection. That is, it is a knowing ignorance. Once Master Yunman asked, <coughs> what's wrong with someone who is in the dark about himself? He answered on behalf of the silent monks. That ought not to be a problem for a great man. This kind of ignorance is found only in human beings and goes together with the knowledge that one has to die as well as concern about illness and old, and old age that according to legend, were the motives driving the young Gautama on his quest for ultimate liberation. This ignorance is rooted in the eye that, as the seeing agent, stands in the center as the subject and simultaneously can and must make itself its own object. The human being, in contrast to plants or animals, not only has objects and finds itself among them, it simultaneously is its own object, conscious of itself and also able to see itself as the object of another person. It can have a sense of shame and be embarrassed. Thus, the Dutch anthropologist Frederick Buitendijk Buitendijk mm. rightly said that anthropology is found in, it, in its entirety in man's dress. The human being can point to itself and says, this is me. Yet the pointing person escapes its own grasp and must ask, who am I? The human being uh, thus rests in itself, yet is lost inside and outside. Senses itself intimately, yet remains a dark hole. Is itself, yet must first truly become itself. This mode of being has been well described by the late German philosopher and anthropologist Helmut Plessner, who called it eccentric in contrast to the centric mode of being of animals, 
who rest in themselves. The being with this particular inner rift is inevitably not at ease with itself. It is driven, frustrated, concerned about itself. Seeking its own center and peace of mind, it chases after happiness and rest and finds itself able neither to arrive at this goal nor to abandon the search for it. This pertains so much to the koan, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. When a human being observes itself or its own thoughts, it finds that there is always an observer and something observed. The observer as such is forever unobserved. He or she always stands at the center and looks. He or she is the one way like is in one way like someone in a watchtower. Whatever this observer chooses to throw light on, it sees, but it itself cannot stay in the it but it itself cannot but stay in the dark. Yet Unlike a watchtower man, the self-conscious human observer can recede, put itself into another watchtower, and throw light on the first one, and then into one more, and so on. But the observer, occupying the new watchtower, always remains invisible, a black hole, never unable to, never unable to grasp itself. No, a black hole forever. Forever, there we go. A black hole forever, unable to grasp itself as subject. It is this state of affairs, I think, that the young Yunman pointed to when he told Master Muzu that he had no clarity about himself. But this ever-receding subject must not be mistaken for the goal of Chan and Buddhism. Rather, it is the starting point, defined in the first noble truth with utmost simplicity as suffering. Yunmin's search for the objectifying and objectified I is thus immediately and decisively rejected by Master, Master Mushao. Useless stuff. What Yunmin awakened to at that moment and what forms the basis of his teacher, Mushao's comment, is not the subject, but rather the true self. The Chan tradition it is often compared to a light that illuminates all objects. Yunmin says the following about this light. Every person originally has the radiant light, yet when it is looked at, it is not seen dark and obscure. <laughs> Though clearly apparent to the awakened master, this self must remain dark and hidden to the self-centered eye. If you want to freely live or die, go or stay, <laughs> just to take off or put on your clothes, then right now recognize the man who is listening to my discourse. He is without form, without characteristics, 
without root, without source, <coughs> and without any dwelling place, yet he is brisk and lively. As for all his manifold responsive activities, the place where they are carried on is, in fact, no place. Therefore, when you look for him, he retreats farther and farther. When you seek him, he turns <coughs> more and more the other way. And this is another piece on the koan. We didn't read this, right? No. Okay. So, uh, Cody, aren't those great ears? Those are like satellites. You look at his rakasu. Has images all over it. I'm jealous. Why are you jealous? You don't have images on yours? No. Oh, you don't have. Okay. Who's reading? Me, I guess. Okay. Recently in my translation work and personal practice, I've been playing again with record of going easy. Jay Shoyoroku, case 11 Yunmen's two illnesses. This case is so important in my view that in addition to the introduction, koan, capping phrases and Hongzhi's verse, I've also translated Wang Song's longish and difficult commentary. I've been offering all of that here for you, bit by bit, starting with the verse in this post, because I think the verse will give you a toehold in the topic. In addition, this post also has a commentary for the verse by Hakun Yasutani Roshi. 1885, 1973, pictured above. Uh, a really important ancestor in our lineage. Talk about Tuchold. The original version of Yasutani Roshi's commentary appeared in The Hazy Moon of Enlightenment by Taizan Maizumi and Bernard Tetsugen Glassman. But I've done something unusual with it, something that I haven't done before. I've edited the version published Hazy Moon, Hazy Moon, replacing the translation of the verse with mine and editing the original so that it flowed better, gender neutralizing it, etc. In my opinion, without changing Yasutani Roshi's meaning, at least that was my intention. This started out as a personal study project to see if my translation worked in the light of the old master's commentary for my eyes only. But I think that the outcome might be helpful to some, so I'm sharing it here. Hagsu's verse. The limitless tangle of all things allows for the extraordinary freely penetrating through and dripping uh, and dropping obstructs obstructs the eye who has the strength to sweep out his garden 
What's hidden in a person's heart surely turns into feelings. A boat crossing the river sideways is soaked with the blue-green autumn. Oars enter the illuminated reed feathers bright as snow. An old fisherman immediately takes a perch on the line to mark it. A single leaf flutters on a flowing wave. <clears throat> Yasutani Rossi's commentary. The limitless tangle of all things. What is this limitless tangle? Don't just look over there, thinking it's the 10,000 things of heaven and earth. What is called all things is the, to is the sum total of phenomenal and nominal manifestations as shapes as well as the realms of subjective and objective insight. The limitless tangle of all things allows for the extraordinary. The Chinese characters translated here as extraordinary mean to have appearance of a high mountain. What is allowed? It is to have no shortcomings. Mountains are high, rivers are long. A long thing is a long Dharma body. A short thing is a short Dharma body. In differences, are there any insufficiencies? That's nice. Rather than rather than rather than insufficiencies, don't differences constitute all things? Absolute value. If in, if differences vanish, existing value also vanishes. Let's mix sweet rice cake and flavored rice in the hodgepodge and see. Wouldn't the value of both the rice cakes and the flavored rice be negated? I was impressed to hear of a follower of the Shin school who had experienced the compassion of Amitabha Buddha. When told what the length of the crane's legs, just as they are, and the shortness of the duck's legs, just as they are. This is, is itself salvation, he responded. Oh, thank you. To see this world of no shortcomings is a leaping, first-rate awakening. But this awakening itself can at once become a sickness, as the following line in indicates. Passing through and dropping freely obstructs the eye. Pass it, freely passing through and dropping is the exact, exact opposite of the limitless tangle of all things. I'm sorry, I said passing through, did I? Freely penetrating through and dropping <coughs> is the exact opposite of the limitless tangle of all things. To be thoroughly liberated is for there to be neither the three times nor the ten directions. It is originally, it is, originally there is not one thing, no delusion, no awakening, no everything, no nothing, no fringe of clouds whatsoever obstructs the eye. 
compared with the line before, it is an awakening, a more profound stage. However, this awakening <coughs> at once becomes a sickness and obstructs the eye. So, and that, that really connects too with the koan, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. That awakening's a problem and not awakening's a problem. Only because do you think only because we think it's a problem? I don't know. It's a like for the animal, the, the animal doesn't do any of this. It doesn't have any problems, do they? Yeah, but they also not awakened and not going to be awakened unless they will be born in the human bodies and they will question all this. So yeah. okay. <laughs> So they should I mean, enjoy. I mean, but wouldn't go on, go on. Would would the animal embody? Uh, because I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to. Uh, according really to Buddha, according to Buddhism, the birth in the human body like... is the highest birth, and the human, the um, life being, um, uh, a life being can be. Uh, liberated only in the human body. They yes. after self-examination and examination of the nature of all things. That's why it's so great to be born in the human realm. Yeah. Sometime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who has the strength to sweep out this garden? Oh, this is a good question. To sweep the garden is to sweep out all the rubbish in one's head, to sweep out the sickness of awakening. This line also should be examined together with the following line. What's hidden in a person's heart surely turns into feelings. Here, a person does not refer to someone else. It is each person, each individual. Turns into feelings means to make mental calculations. That principles that principle is thus and so. That this principle is thus and so. Such mental calculations are made even if you are no if you intend not to make them. They are hidden. This dharma attachment is exceedingly difficult to remove. In its own time, such feelings just arise. That is the sickness called the illness caused by the medicine. Hmm. A boat crossing the river sideways is soaked with the blue-green autumn. Oars enter the illuminated reed flowers, bright as snow. Here at long last, Hongji, the author of the verse, begins to sing of a pure, refreshing state, a state of no impediments, no attachment, nothing to interfere, nothing insufficient. That is exemplified by this scenery of autumn. In the autumnal countryside, on a quiet river rests a boat. Both the sky and water are blue. On the bank, reed flowers glisten white as snow. The boat has been laid with its bow on the shore and just left there. It is an utterly peaceful world where nothing needs to be done. 
It is called Extinction Manifests. It is the realm of great peace on earth. It is the real state of Nirvana. But this too is a sickness. Stop even a little in this place and you will be, quote, a dead person at the ultimate. An old fisherman immediately takes perch on the line to market. A single leaf flutters on a flowing wave. The previous boat was boarded in order to save yourself, but this boat is meandering in order to save others. An old fisherman is fishing, catching old person, is a fish catching old person in whom all inclinations have been eliminated. They search for customers with the fish they've caught, crying, come by, come by, I'm waiting for a bid, for a fair price I'll sell. Carefree, aren't they? They aren't insistent salespeople, nor will they discount the fish. To do either would destroy the Buddha Dharma, Buddha, yeah, Buddha Dharma. A single leaf means a small boat. A reed bobs on the long river, squeaking thud, squeak thud, as it rows along, always in this place or that, just right, just right, becoming one with it, carrying across donkeys, carrying across horses, that's the aspect of teaching freely. <clears throat> the, initial the, oh, go on. The, uh, the initial line of the verse, the limitless tangle of all things allows for the extraordinary, is measure measure Manjushri's wisdom. The concluding line, a single leaf flutters on a flowing wave is Avala Kishlavara. Avala Kishlavara. Avala Kishlavara's compassion. United, the two become complete. That's nice. Do you want to read that poem again? Ksenia? Yes. yes. I think I my sense uh, is that each one is a sentence. I mean, normally when there's... Yeah, looks like. Mm -hmm. That's how I read it. Okay, I will try. Okay. Hongjish verse. The limitless tangle of all things allows for the extraordinary. Freely penetrating through and dropping obstructs the eye. Who has the strength to sweep out this garden? What's hidden in a person's heart surely turns into feelings. A boat crossing the river sideways is soaked with the blue-green autumn. Oars enter the illuminated reed flowers, bright as snow. An old fisherman immediately takes a perch 
on the line to market, a single leaf flutters on a flowing wave. It's actually a very beautiful poem, even if it doesn't, even if I don't understand it. <laughs> there are little glimpses, aren't they? That all yeah, connect. and th this line, who has the strength to sweep out this garden? This is like a ready-made prompt for the next Zen writing. <laughs> yes. I want to share something else that connects, I think. Perfect. Oh, you can see it. Good. Right? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're dealing with is the different stages of awakening, enlightenment. And I, someone was asking me about um, the steering of the wheel. And I've never heard of that, but I think what he meant was the three turnings of the wheel. So, <coughs> Ksenia, does this make sense that there's a connection? Well, I think so. Do you want to read this this paragraph? Yes. Three turn the three thir turnings of the wheel of karma, Sanskrit, three karma chakra pravadhana. Tibetan chose log log sum. I can't get is a Mah Yeah, it's okay. Is a Mahayana Buddhist framework for classifying and understanding the teachings of the Buddhist sutras and the teachings of the Buddha in general. This classification system first appears in the Asamthi Nirmakarana. No, Samthi Nirmokana Sutra and in the works of the Yogacara school. This classific, actually it's supposed to be written like this, Yogacara school. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the all lines, it's like a double lens. And in Sanskrit it's different meaning, but whatever. This classification system later became prevalent in various modif modified forms in Tibetan Buddhism, as well as in a East Asian Buddhism. According to the three turning schema, the Buddha, Buddha's first sermons, as recorded in the Tripitaka of early Buddhist schools, constitute the first turning, which include a Shravashakyana text. The sutras, which focus on the doctrine of emptiness, Shunyata, like the Prajna, Prajna Paramita Sutras, Corpus, are considered to comprise the second turning, which is in this schema is considered provisional. And the sutras which teach Yogacara terms, especially the three natures doctrine, like the Samdhi Nirmakana Sutra, 
comprise the final and ultimate third turning. In East Asian Buddhism, this classification system was expanded and modified into different doctrinal classifications called Panjiao, which were developed by different Chinese Buddhist schools. Okay, so this is about the three turnings. So you just have to turn the wheel three times and then you're there. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Uh, Melissa. First turning. The first turning is traditionally said to have taken place at Deer Park in Sarnath near Varasani. Say again. Varanasi. Varanasi. It, thank you. In northern India, it consisted of the teaching of the four noble truths, dependent arising and the five aggregates. The sense fields not self, the seventy the thirty-seven aids to awakening and all the basic Buddhist teachings common to all Buddhist traditions, and found in the various sutra pakta and vinaya thank you and vinaya collections. These teachings are known as the Hinyana teachings lesser or small vehicle in Mahayana in East Asian Buddhism it is called the teaching of existence since it discusses reality from the point of view of the phenomena dharmas which are explained as existing which are explained as existing the Adharma teachings of various I'm going to let you say these words. Shravakayana. Thank you. I.e. non-Mahan... Mahayana. Thank you. Traditions such as Vaibhaskya and Theravada. Thera, Thera. Theravada. 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 Are generally also placed into this category. Okay, so the, the main thing is things are explained as existing. So we'll go to the second turning now. Have you been there, Ksenia? To yes. Vulture Peak? I've been in, in, in the place that Buddha gave the teachings. I've been in Varanasi also. Neat. Ah, Vulture Peak uh, in Bihar. Um, yeah, yes. Mm. And there, you can't really tell. This is where he held up the flower that Kashapati uh, smiled at. But there's flowers there, the orange and the red and the blue. So I think he picked the flower right that he was surrounded by. It wasn't like he, he picked it when he was walking up there or something. That's my story. Okay. The second turning. Oh, sorry. Okay. The second turn is said to have taken place at Vulture Peak Mountain in Rajagriya in Bihar, India. The second turning emphasizes the teachings of emptiness, sunyata, and the Bodhisattva 
path. The main sutras of this second turning are considered to be the Prajna Paramita Sutras. In Eastern, in East Asian Buddhism, the second turning is referred to as the teaching that the original nature of all things is that signs are not real, ultimately real. The second turning is also associated with the Bodhisattva Manjushri, analytical text of the Madhyamaka school of Nagarjuna are generally included under the second turning. We might just need a class on these words. Okay, and now the third turning. Oh, I'm doing the third turning. <coughs> the first sutra source, which mentions the three turning, is the Arasandi Nirmokana Sutta, Noble Sutra of the Explanation of the Profound Secrets, the foundational sutra of the Yogacara school. Major ideas in this text include the storehouse consciousness, <coughs> Allah of Vijnana, and the doctrine of cognition only, Vijnapti Matra, and the three natures, Trisva Bhava. The Samdin. <coughs> Nirmokana affirms that the teaching of the earlier turnings authentic but are not incomplete. This is important. It's not like they're wrong but are also incomplete and require further clarification and interpretation. So it's like when a kid looks at a mountain and says that that's a mountain, it's not like he's wrong but he's not seeing the whole picture also. <clears throat> According to the Sam Din, Sam Din uh, Mokana, the previous attorneys all had an underlying intent, which refers to the three natures or their threefold lack of essence, <clears throat> the central doctrine of the third turning. Uh, Ksenia? Uh, the um, also claim that its teachings are the ultimate and most profound truth, which cannot lead to nihilistic interpretation of the dharma, which clings to non-existence, unlike the second wheel, which can be misinterpreted in a negative way, and is also incontrovertible and irrefutable, whereas the second wheel can be refuted. As such, the third turning is also called the wheel of good differentiation, Suvibhakta, and the wheel for ascertaining the ultimate, Paramartha Viniskaya. In East Asian Buddhism, the third turning is referred to as ultimate turn of the Dharma wheel, other Mahayana sutras are considered to be associated with the Yogacara school, and thus, with the third turning through the sutras themselves, do not mention three turnings. These include the Lankavatara Sutra and the Ghana Vyuha Sutra, 
both of which discuss Yogacara topics like the Alaya Vijnana and the three natures and mind only idealism, as well as Tadha Gata Garbha ideas. The teachings of the third turning are further elaborated in the numerous works of Yogacara school masters like Asanga, Vasubandhu, Stiramathi, Dharmapala, um, Sila Bhadra, Jansang, Jnana Garbha, and Ratna Karsanti. In this commentary on this uh, distinguishing the middle from the extremes, Madhyanta Vibhaga Bhashya, Visubhandu comments on the three turnings and how they relate to the three natures. According to Vasubandhu, the first turning teachers teach, teaches the non-existence of the self, Atman, through an analysis of the aggregates. The second turning then establishes how the very false appearance of the non-existent self comes about from its aggregate parts through depending arising. The third turning then explains the fundamental nature of emptiness itself, which is how the non-existence of the self exists. Uh, the existence of the non-existent as explained by the three natures. In this sense, the ultimate truth in the third turning is said to be both existent and non-existent. In his commentary on the Chen Wei Shilong, uh, Taisho number 1830, Kui Ji, a student of Quan uh, Chan, lists the following as the most important sutras of the Yogacara school. Buddha Vatamsaka Sutra, Second, Samthi Niramakana Sutra. Third, Tathagata Utpada Gunya Alamkara Vyuha. Fourth, Mahayana Abhidharma Sutra. Fifth, Lanka Vatara Sutra. And say six, Ghana Vyuha Sutra. In Chinese Yoga Chara, Important treatises for the third turning includes the Yoga Charabhumi Shastra, Zhengshang's Sheng Wishilung, and the Dashabhumi Kasutra Shastra, Siji Jin Lun, 1522, blah, blah, also called Dilun. Wow, good work. <laughs> which is Vasupanku's <laughs> commentary on the Dasha Pumika Sutra, Shidi Jing. <laughs> you get a gold star. So I, I think we can I think we can stop here with this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good, idea. Good idea. No, I used to I, I like my studies, I used to study um what's the the, the mm, Sanskrit, so it helps, and some of the and also like Tibetan names are very familiar. And now I'm studying Chinese, so it's not like I'm thank you, <laughs> thank you, but it's complicated. Well, I think what we should do now is read next week's koan, just read the koan, and then call it a night. How does that sound? So, yeah, to Next week's koan, we'll take a second, and that's 12, koan 12.
I have to get to the book. Oops. Case two. We're getting close. Two sicknesses and Here we go. Um, share screen. We can see it in the reflection of your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but can you read it? Well, okay. if I will, if I will zoom it on it, <laughs> maybe. Okay, we could read the introduction and then the case. Okay. Um, introduction: Scholars plow with the pen. Orators plow with the tongue. We patch. We patch robed. Uh, Mendicants mendicants lazily watch a white ox on the open ground not paying attention to the rootless auspice auspicious auspicious grass how to pass the days case daizong asked how do we say this one you shall where do you come from <laughs> Can you say he doesn't know where he's come from? Sajan said, from the south, should unload for him. Daizong said, how is Buddhism in the south these days? Action and speech worthy of talking about. Sujan said, there's ex extensive discussion. Lower your voice. Daizong said, how can that compare to me here planting the fields and making rice to eat. Don't brag so much. Sajan said, what can you do about the world? There is still this. Daizong said, what, can, what do you call the world? In the South, it's okay. The North is more critical. I think this is a great koan uh, in reference to the world as it is right now with so much conflict going on. You know, is that the world or is, is our life's the world, our, our private life, our planting the, the fields okay. and making right? 
I'm sorry, what? I love this. In the South, it's okay. The North is more critical. <laughs> I do too. I like that a lot. I think I'll be able to find good stuff on this one, too. I really like this koan. I do too. Yeah. So if you just read it, does someone want to uh, read it without the stuff in parentheses? Cody or Ksenia? Quentin, do you want to go? Okay. You, you, you got it, Ksenia. I, I... Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, case. Dizang asked Wishan, where do you come from? Wishan said, from the south. Dizang said, how is Buddhism in the south these days? Dizang said, there is existive, extensive discussion. Dizang said, how can that compare to me here planting the fields and making rice to eat? Wishan said, what can you do about the world? Dizang said, what do you call the world? Great, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so today's Monday. See you all next week, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. This this week we don't have Zen writing. No, we have Zen writing at home. Right, right. <laughs> With the who will sweep out this garden uh, prompt? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's kind I, I of. I uh, have to do that before Thursday. It's kind of United States centric, isn't it, that we celebrate Thanksgiving? Mm -hmm. It's not a worldwide yeah. holiday. So anyway, see you all. Thank you for uh, sticking with it. Thank you. Everyone have holidays. Good night. Good night.